Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Happy anniversary. And uh, he's going to be coming up and bringing a message called The Fight for Holiness. It was our topic for summer camp for the youth this year. Um, So if you're a parent of uh, the kids that were on the youth uh, camp, you probably heard a lot about it, but you're going to hear a lot more about it today. So uh, come on up, Mitch, and uh, bring your message. It's going to be a good one. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that, bro. Way to steal my thunder. Uh, Just kidding. I can't follow you up. Um, my name is Mitchell, guys. It's a privilege to be here today. Um, for those that don't know me, I am the Youth and Young Adult Director here. Um, a privilege and honor, you know, just as Kieran was saying, we had a summer camp uh, two weeks ago, and it was amazing, and you guys are going to get to hear. You know, we're going to try. I'm going to do my best with the Holy Spirit's help to bring summer camp here today. Is that all right? Is that okay? Is anyone If you're, if you're going to get offended, it might get loud, so if you need to... We can open the doors in the back. You can watch from the foyer. It's fine. Um, Before I go into what I want to talk about today, can everyone just stand up with me, please? We have the privilege and honor, you know, today of doing water baptism. Amen? Amen. It is, it's so amazing and exciting. And I want to share this because this was so cool at um, summer camp two weeks ago. We had nine people, nine youth that said, I want to get baptized. Yeah, that is, that is a reason to celebrate. It was so cool. It's always amazing to see what the Holy Spirit does in their hearts. But, you know, there was some really cool moments. Um, myself, uh, Graham McCubbin, um, and Bethel, we, were, we got the privilege to just, you know, experience baptism with some of these youth that really were, their hearts were just changed this week. Their hearts were changed by, not by what we said, not by what we did, but by the Holy Spirit right? Transform from the inside out, right? And so they made that decision. You know, they said, you know what? I made that inward decision, and now I want to make that outward public decision. So if there's anyone in the sound of my voice today that wants to do the same, that wants to follow suit, it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your experience. It doesn't matter what happened, race, nationality. It does not matter. God says, come as you are. He loves each and every one of you. And today, if God's tugging on your heart, Look at this young man up here we have. Come on, come join at the front. If God is telling you in your heart, if you feel that call to be baptized today and you want to declare your faith and say, Jesus, you know what? I'm living for you. I'm all out for you. Then we encourage and we celebrate you as you come down. It's not a walk of shame. It's not a walk of embarrassment. It's a walk, man, that like lift your head high and say, Jesus, I'm all in for you. If that's you, come on down. Yeah, strength, come on, let's go. Amen, amen, amen. So good. All right, all right, be blessed, be blessed. Amen, amen. All right, you guys may be seated. I think fight's in my message today, so that's... It's legal, right? All right? It's in the message. Um, It got a little rowdy. (laughs) We like to have fun. Amen? Um, You know, we had an amazing time at summer camp. It was so good. If you were at summer camp, can you just, like, give me some noise? Give me some feedback. Yeah, come on. Let's go. The fight for holiness is what we talked about at summer camp. Um, And it was just so incredible. And before I actually even start to jump into what I want to talk about today, I want to bring all, um, just acknowledge it to my grandparents who are here. Um, And they just celebrated their 60th anniversary. Um, So love you guys. Um, You guys are amazing. Um, And just, it was funny because my grandpa sent me a message um, uh, the other day and said, you know what, happy anniversary. You only have 59 years to catch up to us. And... (laughs) So we're taking steps. Today's the first one, Graham. So thank you. Um, but love you guys. Thank you for all the family that's here today and friends. Uh, so good to see people, Nader and Brooke, on stage today. You know, wasn't that worship phenomenal? 
So good. Some of my favorite worshipers were on stage today. Um, no bias of my wife was my favorite. Um, but, but no, it was amazing. Uh, so good. And just, I think the Holy Spirit has something so specific for each and every one of you today. And I don't want to miss out on anyone. So let's um, just bow our heads for a second. Holy Spirit, I just pray that this word as it gets delivered today, that God, it would get delivered with power, with clarity and authority. That God, the word that you've placed on my heart, I pray that each and every person would be open, Father God, to receive it. That we would grab hold of this message today. And it would be something that, Father God, is not just words, but it's something that just the seeds go down, Father God, the roots go and they get planted, Father. And I thank you that this is something that's going to transform lives from this moment forward. So I thank you, Father God, today for this moment, this special moment that we have together as a body of Christ. For those that are tuning in online and those that are in person, Father God, I thank you. There's no distance with you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen, amen. amen. So I want to start the, the talk, or my message today is the fight for holiness. And so as we went through summer camp, I'm going to give you a brief kind of put together, mash some things together of, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to talk about? Um, for those that were at summer camp, you already have um, just the spark notes edition of it, but um, I want to just just bear with me as I speak today because today we're going to talk about the fight for holiness, and I feel like holiness is one of those things that can you know become a buzzword in church, right? It can be one of those words that makes us sound good, it feels right, um, all those things. And you know, as a kid, I feel like I remember just holiness when when I painted a picture in my head, I just saw angels. I just saw angels around the room and I would just picture just a throne um, and Jesus sitting there. And I just remember it like, it, was, it seemed like something that was so unachievable. It seemed like something that wasn't for me, that you know, wasn't for my life. And I wanna start by saying, we like to take holiness and define it in our own terms. We like to tell God what is holy, what isn't holy, right? As humans, and sometimes we say this, you know what, um, I see, you know, that person over there, he, he comes to church every single week, he's holy, he's holy, because, you know, he sits in the same spot, and that chair is holy, because he is, like, made an imprint in there that, like, that's molded to him, that's holy, or, you know what, she isn't so holy because, you know, she only reads her Bible every other week. She only reads her Bible every other week, you know, she barely comes to church, she isn't that holy, you know, she's, she's holy, actually, sorry, because, you know, she serves in children's ministry. And so that makes you holy, because you serve in children's ministry. And we see, we like to define what holiness looks like. We let our experiences, our families, our friendships, and limited knowledge define holiness. There's no such thing as earning a holiness status, even if your Bible streak is one year. All you version Bible app people out there. The streak thing can be one of the deadliest things I'm telling you out there. It's cool, but at the same time, you're like, man, look at me. Where are you at? Get on my level. This is holy ground. Like, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> we don't do a bunch of great things and then bam, we're holy. It doesn't work like that. The enemy tries his best to taint what holiness looks like. He tries to paint a new picture of holiness to try to steal, kill, and destroy from all of us. And so I wanna start by just a brief definition of what holiness looks like, because in order to start talking about holiness, we need to start talking about the one who is holy. We can't separate the two, amen? So holiness can sound like such a difficult concept to wrap our minds around because we are sinful beings by nature, but with the help of the word of God and the Holy Spirit, we can do it, amen? So Oxford Dictionary defines holy as being connected to God. Webster Dictionary defines holy as exalted or worthy of devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness. The word holy is mentioned 431 times in the Old Testament and that's not including the word holiness. The word holy or holiness is used around 200 times in the New Testament. It's something important. This is something that we should look into. See, the Hebrew word for holy pardon me if I mess this up, is kodesh, which means apartness, sacredness, or separateness. The Greek word for holiness is hegeus, which means pure, morally blameless, and set apart. So first, 
I want to briefly, I'm gonna, only going to do this briefly today because I don't feel like this is where the Holy Spirit wants me to focus my message on today. Um, we, could, we could be here for two hours, um, but we won't. Um, but breaking down God's holiness, I want to start with this. God is pure. When something is pure, it means it's without blemish in sin, right? There's nothing wrong. God is not capable of sinning. Unlike us, we don't need to try to sin. It just happens because we're human, right? There's no one wakes up and is like, I'm going to try to sin today. It just happens. It just be, as some people say, right? It just is. And so Revelations 15, 4 says, Who will not fear you, Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous deeds have been revealed. You alone are holy. And then I want to say, after we say God is pure, we also, God is separate. God is completely unique and set apart from creation. If creation was to cease to exist, God would still be here. We need to know that there is a separation between man and God. You know, God and man cannot be measured on the same scale because God is divine and we are human. It's like trying to compare an apple and an orange. You could be like, well, this is pretty good and this is pretty good, but they're kind of different. You can't compare them. They're two different fruits. God is on a different playing level. He's not even in, like, when you think of competitors and on the same scale, like, God is way just in another universe next to us. Like, we are not on the same level. He's not a competitor of ours. 1 Samuel 2 verse 2 says, There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. There's no rock like our God. And then third, I want to say, God is the standard. So there's only one characteristic of God that is said three times in the Bible. I found this super unique, and that is holy, holy, holy. When we look at Isaiah 6, verse 3, it says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. When we look at Revelations 4, verse 8, it says, Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all with eyes, inside and out. Day after day and night after night, they kept saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, the God Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is to come. You see, in the Hebrew language, when something is repeated, it's not just repeated so that you go, oh, that's cool, he said it three times. You know, sometimes when someone says, I feel like when a mom is saying something to a kid, she says it three times. Sometimes it's like, at first the kid's like, you know, the first time it's like, all right, like the mom's like, all right, come, now you have to do the dishes, now's the time. Like, get up, stop playing video games. And the first time it's like, okay. And then the second time it's like, no, no, now shut the game off. And you're like, mom, one more minute, one more minute, just one more minute. I promise. Any parents in the room? Um, And then you're like, one more minute. And then the third time, it's like, that's it. And you start like hearing those steps and they're coming down the stairs, right? And mom's coming and like the kid's like, that's it. I'm here. (laughs) I told you I was coming, right? Like nothing happened. (laughs) This is an emphasis that we need to get. God is trying to tell us something here. The angels are worshiping holy, holy, holy. I just picture that as we were in worship this morning, as the angels just crying out and singing as we're worshiping and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy. Worthy is his name. See, holiness too, I want you guys to get this, is not just an attribute of God, but it's incorporated in who he is and everything he does. This is something, sometimes, you know, we say this person's funny. This person, you know, they're full of love. They're full of peace and all these things. And they have these different characteristics. And we like to separate. But when we talk about the holiness of God, we're talking, when we talk about his love, we're talking about his holy love. When we're talking about his joy, it's his holy joy. When we talk about his peace, it's his holy peace. You can't separate it from who he is. So everything that God does is holy. It's who he is. And so we can't separate any part of who God is. And so to know that that's the whole package, right? Holiness is everything that God does, who he is, everything he says, it's holy. It's all holy. Psalm 99 verse three says, let them praise your great and awesome name. Your name is holy. God's name is holy. And so how, do, how does God reveal his holiness? I'm just going to briefly note this for those that are taking notes. By looking at creation, Genesis 1 verse 31, the law 
showed his absolute perfection. Romans 7, 12. By getting a glimpse of heaven, Revelations 22, verse 1 to 5. You know, our theme, um, like our, just our backdrop in the youth center for summer camp was like galaxy themed. Everything was galaxy themed and we prayed about that one. It was just seeing, you know, as anyone like this past week, I got to go um, with my wife and her family to Muskoka and we just went on the boat one night and we just laid out there under the stars and we just looked at the stars and anyone ever just like seen just like a beautiful, like it's just such a beautiful canvas like God painted of the stars. And when you sit out there, you see them like you just experience a tiny fraction of who he is. You look up and you're like, God, this is incredible. Like the magnitude of who you are. And it makes me just instantly think of just, God, you are so holy. God, you are so worthy to be praised. God, you are so beautiful. So we see God reveals himself. And if you look in your life, God will reveal to you holiness, what it looks like, what it means, just everyday examples, practical examples. But I wanna switch gears to the call to you. Because God says we are called to be holy. We are called to be holy. Each and every one of us in this room is called to be holy. Holiness is not a self-earned title like many people like to give themselves or our human nature, but it's a byproduct of being born again. 2 Timothy 1.9, the Amplified Version says, for he delivered us and saved us and called us with a holy calling a calling that leads to a consecrated life, a life set apart, a life of purpose. Not because of our works or because of any personal merit, we could do nothing to earn this, but because of his own purpose and grace, his amazing undeserved favor, which is granted to us in Christ Jesus before the world began eternal ages ago. Isn't that good? Like right there, like they read 2 Timothy this morning one uh, Chantel and Miriam, so good. But that right there is amazing. That verse speaks volumes. There's so many things if you dive, I encourage you, spend time looking at 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. There's so much in there. But we need to know, we do not set the standard for what is holy. Jesus does. We cannot have a conversation, like I said, about holiness without Jesus in it. Sometimes, you know, we like to equate our sin with not being capable of becoming holy. Has anyone ever done that? I'm sinful, I messed up, God, I can't be holy. I can't walk this out. By ourselves, we will never measure up. But when we accept Christ into our lives, he is the game changer, not us. Not our friends, not our parents, God is the game changer. See, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. See, God makes us holy by imparting himself into our being that everything that we are may be consumed with his holy nature. Isn't that such a good deal? We don't earn it, we don't deserve it, but God loves us so much that when we accept Jesus into our life, God comes and dwells on the inside of us. The person who is holy. First Peter uh, two verse nine says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a, nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Church, he's talking to you. He's talking to me. That you would be called. Man, I want us to go here because this is what we need to, I think, focus on today. If we're called to be holy, how do we pursue holiness? That question, right? We're called to be holy, but what does that look like? How do I actually, Mitch, like... What are some things I need to hear to actually step out holiness? And I feel like, you know, the Holy Spirit has given me um, three things that I want to talk about. But first, I want to say John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. Adrian Rogers said, holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. That hit me. I was like, I looked at that. I was like, whoa. Like, don't pursue holiness, pursue Jesus. Yes, stop there for a second. Don't pursue holiness because you'll never measure up. Pursue the King of Kings. Pursue the Lord of Lords. Pursue the one who is perfect. Amen? 
This is key. So if you're looking to live a life of holiness, you need to pursue Jesus. Holiness without Jesus will always leave you stuck in guilt and shame because it's unattainable. You can't achieve it without Jesus. There's no reason in trying if Jesus isn't involved in your story. See, 1 Peter 1, 15 to 16 says, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. You know what's amazing is God's not calling us to do something or be someone that he's not. He's not playing this, placing this unrealistic expectation on you saying you need to be holy, but I'm not. God is the one who modeled it. And even greater than just talking about it in the word is, you know, we see Jesus. Jesus is someone who actually came to this earth and walked it out. Just modeled what holiness looks like for us. You know, when in moments of doubt of questioning and thinking, you know what, God, yeah, but you're too far away. Or God, you're not real. Or God, you've never been to this earth. You don't know who I am. And sometimes we tell God that as if, oh, you, God, you just created the world. You don't know what's inside of it. Like, What? Right? We like to tell God, you know, you don't know my situation. You don't know my story. You know, God's not expecting us to operate or be something he's not. Neither is he calling us to punish us. That's huge. God's not calling you to a life of holiness to punish you. God's not like, man, you know what? You need to change your friend circle because I'm trying to punish you. You need to stop hanging around this this family member, because I'm trying to punish you. No, God is calling us out of love. John 3, 16, because God so loved the world that he gave his only son for you, for you, for you, for you, so that you would not perish, so I would not perish, right? We could have eternal life in Christ. You know, when I think of pursuing something, you know, when I think of going all out, I like to think of it because like, before I break down these three points of pursuing God, you know, and pursuing holiness is, I like to think of a fan, you know, a sports fan, because sports fans, I'm like, I'm not talking about the ones who are like, you know what, I'm going to hop on the winning team. It's like, all right, Golden State, they're going to win. Let's go pull out the Golden State jersey. No, I'm talking about a fan that like is all in for their team, right? Is all committed no matter what. Like you're the type of fan that you record stats, right? You buy jerseys, you go to games, you're the loudest one in the room. Like you are a fan that goes crazy. Maybe some of you guys are the ones that paint stuff on your stomach and where you don't go there. Um, but like you're a crazy fan, like you're radical. You're all in for your team. When you pursue something, you're like a thousand percent. Like you go after it, right? And so that's the kind of pursuit I want to talk about today, right? Like, you know what team you support, even if they're not good. I know that there's some Detroit fans in the room today. I pray for you daily. <laughs> One day you'll get saved, but until then, <laughs> I'm just playing, I'm just playing. I cheer for Toronto, it's rough. Uh, come on. Uh, <laughs> um, but I want to talk about the fans that are all in because I feel like sometimes us as sports fans, if you're a sports fan, I personally am, like, we can cheer just endlessly for our team until we lose our voice, but we come to church and we're the most dead people around. When we're like, get up out of that grave, we are in that grave. Like, you aren't moving because you're like, know what, I just exhausted myself yesterday. I was cheering for my team. I have nothing left. What if we had nothing left for Jesus? What if we gave him our everything? So three ways that we pursue holiness. One, we pursue holiness by spending time with Jesus. James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. In order to build a close friendship with someone, you have to spend time with them, right? You have to invest in them. You don't say, you know what, I want to make a friend, but I don't want to see people. Like, I don't want to be around this crowd because it's too scary, you know what? So I'm just going to go over here, but I want friends. And then we complain, God, you don't give me friends. You don't give me people, but we're actually not investing in relationships, so who's doing it, Right? So many times, if we want to get to know someone, if we want to know their heart, we have to spend time with them. We have to communicate with them, right? So we need to spend time with Jesus. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God lives in you? So you're telling me that we have easy access 
to God. All the time. All the time that we have easy access. I picture this, you know, Moses, for example, right? When we look at Exodus, I think it's three years, four to five. When Moses goes up to a burning bush and he's like, what the heck is going on? And, you know, Jesus says, take off your sandals because this is holy ground. Jesus was in the bush. It's not the fact, you know, of the atmosphere, you know, or maybe it was a Tuesday. It's not the fact of what day it was. It was Jesus was there. That's why it was holy. It wasn't because of Moses and anything he did or said. It was because Jesus was there. It became holy ground. So that means when you and I walk into the room, if we've accepted Jesus, that becomes holy ground. Where we walk should be holy ground. It should be a holy space because Jesus is living and breathing inside of us. The Holy Spirit is key to walking in holiness. John 16, 13, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit is vital and key. Prayer and spending time in the word is vital. Jesus lived the life of holiness as he was on the earth so we should model our lives after him. Number two, we pursue holiness by making Jesus a priority. Matthew 6, verse 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. When you pursue Jesus, you lack nothing. When you pursue Jesus 100%, you will never be in lack. The devil tries to convince you of other ways to live a holy life. There are so many obstacles nowadays. You have like YouTube, you have television, you have Facebook, you have Instagram, you have Twitter, whatever, right? We have so many different platforms now. I can't even keep track of them all. But there's so many different things that are trying to tell you what holiness looks like. There's so many other things that are trying to tell you this is what you're called to be. And we listen and we watch these things and they infect us and they get inside of us. You don't need to search out things that challenge a life of holiness because we are constantly bombarded with them because we live in a fallen world. You don't have to look around you and say, you know what, Uh, I'm trying to look at something that could challenge holiness. It hits us every day, every single day because we're human. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. When you seek Jesus with all of your heart, with everything inside of you, then you'll find him. Number three, we pursue holiness by transforming our minds daily and taking on Christ's nature. Right? Romans 12 verse one to two, the pursuit of holiness involves not being conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen? Amen? We need to transform and renew our minds daily. For some of this, this is more than, you know, a thousand times a day, right? Two thousand times a day. But for some of you, you have to do it in your seat constantly, even right now. It's transforming, renewing your mind because the sinful man wants to sneak in and say, yo, be selfish. Be all about you. We have to renew our mind constantly. You can, see, you can try and change the way you act even and still not be holy. People think that because they separate, you know what, you're like, I'm going to stop swearing. I'm going to stop dressing provocatively. I'm going to stop acting foolishly. If I stop this, then I'm holy. You see, it's not just separating from something. And that's the biggest thing, you know, God says we're set apart. It's not just, you know, I'm separating from this thing that I deem is toxic. But it's separation. But in that separation, in that void, in that area, you know, what you gave up is pursuing Jesus. It's running to Jesus. It's not just separating and thinking, you know, I'm all right, because another thing will fill that void every time. There'll be something else that comes in, or you'll go right back to that same cycle if you don't fill it with Jesus. Living a life of holiness, it's huge. It requires being rooted in the truth and attached to the vine. Isaiah 15, five says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me in And I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Learning to walk out a life of holiness is not about being perfect and striving to be someone that you're not. It's surrendering your life to the one who is perfect and letting him refine you. Can I have the band come up at this time? I don't know where they are, but start to make their way up. You know, see, living a life of holiness, it's dying daily to the flesh and taking up your cross. 
2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have these, dear, these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Can I have everyone stand in this room? I want to go into communion at this time. Um, and then just do your little special something with the band at the end. God, I just thank you for the privilege and honor to be able to talk today. God, I thank you for, you know, your body that was broken for us. I thank you, God, for who you are. I thank you for your love and your goodness, God. I thank you that, God, it's not based on who we are and what we do. It's whose we are. That, God, all the glory and all the honor goes to your name. God, we thank you. It's by your grace that, you know, we can come and stand here today. It's by your grace that we can operate in our daily lives. God, and I thank you that we lean on you. Even when, Father God, circumstances are crazy, Father God, it doesn't make any sense. God, we lean on you. We put our trust and our faith in you because, God, you never let us down. You never disappoint. So I thank you, Jesus, for this bread. Father God, symbolizes your body broken for us. In the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you for the cup. Your blood that was spilled, God. Your blood that was poured out on the cross. For our freedom, for our healing, for our deliverance. So, Father God, we could be in relationship with you. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your goodness that continues to wash over us day after day. Father God, we lean into you, we cry out to you and say, Abba, Father, we need you. God, we want to live a life of holiness, but we don't know how. God, you've called us to, though. So, Jesus, we want to lean into you with everything that we are. So, God, we take this in remembrance, Father God, of what you've done of the sacrifice you made, the ultimate sacrifice, in the name of Jesus. I wanna go into a last song called Jaira, that God is our everything. He is our provider. But before I do that, I need to do something. You know, there's a cost to pursuing holiness. It could mean, and this is for, uh, for all of you, I just encourage you to listen up. It could mean changing the type of music you listen to. It could mean releasing some friends from your life and getting new ones. It could mean changing your TV and movie selection or maybe eliminating screens from your life. It could mean changing the way you dress because you are royalty. It could mean setting screen limits on your phone. It could mean getting accountability in your relationships. It could mean getting up earlier to read your Bible and spend time with God in prayer. It could mean not joining in on the unholy talk at work and spreading God's love to those around you. It could mean praying with coworkers as the Holy Spirit leads you and getting out of your comfort zone. It could mean serving in your church and not going with the norm. But it's not just about changing your routine and the way you do life because you have to or you feel like it's the religious thing to do because if that's the case, forget it. It comes at a place of love and desiring all of God and all that he has for you. It's seeking after him with all of your heart even when you mess up and when life is good. Not just in the bad times but in the good times. It's seeking God 24-7 running after him, running to his arm. Your heart needs a surgeon. You need someone to talk to you. You need a friend, a father. God is there. And I wanna end with this. This is a question, you know, that God was asking me. It's like, God, who, who's called to be holy? God, and God said to me, you know, this is, God's not calling those you think to be holy. 
God's breaking the stigma in your mind of who you think is holy, of who you think God is calling to be holy. God told me today that there's so many people in this room that you've brushed off even this message as I've said it because you're like, it's for the youth pastor. It's for the pastors, it's for the prophets. It's for those that God have called, but it can't be me because I'm stuck in sin. But because I'm stuck in a life that's not pleasing to God. And so, you know, this message on holiness is not for me. God's calling you, but have you answered the call? Have you answered the call? Have you said yes? God, here I am. Take all of me, not part of me, all of me. I encourage you at this moment, step, I want you to step forward. If you want to walk in the calling that God has for your life, if you want to pursue God, if you want to make a stand today that says, you know what, I'm not living for myself anymore. I want to pursue God in all of his holiness. And you know what, I'm done thinking it's the person to my left, it's my neighbor or my parents or the people that I've deemed to be holy. God is calling you. There is a calling on your life that is so strong, but it's up to you to answer it. It's up to you to say, yes, God, here I am, and I'm running after you. If that's you, I want you to please come down to the front. And I wanna take a moment, I want you guys just flood the front. If that's you and you're like, God, I wanna pursue you with all that I am, my whole being, I wanna pursue your holiness, then come down, come down to the front. Because this is a special moment. God was telling me today, there's so many people in this room, they come to church and they just want to do church, but they don't want to pursue God. We're not talking about coming Sunday to Sunday. We're saying, you know what, God, I'm set apart. I'm no longer living life for myself. I want to pursue you. If that's you, if there's a hunger on your life saying, God, you know what? I feel called tomorrow. It's because you are. And I encourage you, come down to this front. It's not about the front. It's not about that there's anything special, but it's your obedience to God. That God sees you, each and every one of you, and says, you know what? This, this group of people that have made this step, they've stepped out. They said, you know what, God? I want to live for you. And you're not alone. That's the most important thing. I had the youth when they were up at the front and I made this call. I said, look around at those around you. You're not the only one who wants to pursue Jesus. You're not the only one who's broken. You're not the only one who's lost. You're not the only one in need of a savior. We all are. So I want the worship team to sing, but as they're singing, I want you to just have a moment with God in this space and let go.
How I feel right now on the mountain tops. I can see so clear what it's all about. So stay by my side when the sun goes down. Don't wanna forget how I feel right now. So try,
be content in every circumstance. God, I just thank you for those that made the decision today. God, you know what? I'm going to pursue you. That God, you see this, and it's not something that you, you know, look over, but God, you're celebrating this moment. For your people that have said, you know what, God, here I am, humbled and broken. God, I come before you now, and I'm deciding from this moment to pursue you to pursue you and to walk out holiness. You know what, God, I'm gonna miss the mark. I'm gonna make mistakes, but God, I'm chasing and running after you. And I know that I'm in the best hands possible. Amen, amen. WCF, you have been equipped. Go and be the church. And now I think it might be time, you know, as we're leaving, you guys can get your kids, but for those that you know that don't have them, it might get loud. It might. Would have been if he hadn't stepped in